You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you all's weekend was fantastic. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We look at what we learned from BYU's second and final scrimmage of training camp. Aaron Roderick explaining where the offense stands and more importantly, where the quarterback race stands after their scrimmage on Saturday. We'll let you hear from him. We'll also look back at BYU football history, talking about the 2013 season and really the first true year of Taysom Hill as BYU's starting quarterback. We'll also catch you guys up on everything else involving BYU athletics, a tough road loss for BYU women's soccer. We'll touch on all of that stuff ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over the Locked On NFL channel. The season is about to begin both in the college and the NFL, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Beginning August 30th through September 8th, the Locked On NFL podcast is previewing every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. All right, without further ado here, though, let's get going and talk about the Cougars. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 23rd, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But I love being here with you guys talking BYU sports every single day in the podcast sphere. Hope you all are doing great. A reminder for you guys, we are still taking nominees or your submissions for why you should be the winner of a pair of tickets for the BYU-Utah game on September 11th, the home opener for the Cougars as they look to end a nine-game losing streak to the Utes. If you think that you are deserving of those tickets, send us an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com, or reach out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. Love to hear from you guys. We'll continue to accept those until we pick a winner next Monday. So you have a week from today. We'll pick that winner a week from today's podcast. So get excited, folks. And the good news is, we have season tickets here on the podcast. I purchased a pair. Uh, they're nosebleed. They're not great seats, but still, you'll be able to be in attendance at LES this fall for a number of great home matchups. This is a very good home slate of games for BYU this year. We'll give the, do these giveaways throughout the year, but obviously with the home, and op- home opener and the University of Utah, going to be a little more interest in that one, I would imagine. So get your submissions in now. Have some absolutely phenomenal submissions so far. So thank you to all of you who have already submitted them. I've got you guys all written down. We'll use a random number generator. We'll put them all in there. We'll let it spit out a number a couple of times, and we'll pick a winner, and we'll read their submission on air. So plenty to get to on that front, but get your submissions in now if you have not done so already. All right, getting going here on a Monday edition of the show. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic first off. It's a blast to be with you guys talking BYU sports, but the final scrimmage of fall camp has come and gone. That was Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning, I guess, technically down there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And now the Cougars, this week, this is kind of the transition period, folks. We'll have media availability tomorrow. It'll officially be the final media availability of training camp for the Cougars, but it kind of signals the shift from training camp into game week prep mode. The Cougars are turning their attention to Arizona. 
We are under two weeks away. It's absolutely phenomenal to think about. We have week zero games in college football this weekend. It is coming fast. And Aaron Roderick, I think, has been BYU's best coach in terms of actually giving us some information with regards to where things stand in camp. That's not to say that other people out there have not been good, but he gave us a lot of good information. And we'll start here. Aaron Roderick was asked, well, what is your kind of your overall assessment of how the scrimmage went on Saturday? And here's how he summed it up. Scrimmage was close to 100 plays, so got a lot of work in today. We got a lot of good work. We got a lot of work to do. I know that. We started slowly, and um, then we kind of picked it up after the second or third series. We kind of got it going, but we can't start slow, and that was kind of a downer. We made some really good plays later in the scrimmage, and you know when we get our best 11 players on the field, I think we're pretty hard to stop. We did some really good things. The tough part about the scrimmage is we don't need to see Tyler Algier get tackled. We're not tackling to the ground when the first team is up, so a big part of our offense is his ability to break tackles, run through arm tackles. We've seen it a lot of times and and in the scrimmages, you know, you hand him the ball, they tag you for a two yard, you get two yard gain when, and a lot of times he would break those tackles or make somebody miss. So you're a little behind the chain sometimes in the scrimmages. So that's, that's part of it, but um, it's, it was good work for us anyway. It's good to be in difficult situations and good to go against a really good defense. Now, Aaron Roderick, he is not a guy who really mints his words because he's absolutely right. The officials in these scrimmage situations, they're whistling as soon as a guy essentially touches another player from the offense. In the case of a guy like Tyler Algier, as soon as a guy gets a hand on him, the whistle comes out and very much he doesn't pick up as much yardage as you might see him do in a regular game because he's such a physical running back. But in talking with some of our practice insiders who were down there at that game, this offense really did struggle early on in this game. And you should take some heart because I think there's a lot of people that think that BYU's defense, having to kind of rebuild that defensive front is going to struggle this year. What I have heard is BYU's defense has actually been very impressive in this camp, given some hope that actually both sides of this team are going to be pretty formidable going into this season. Do I think that Arizona is going to be the true test of all of what BYU has? No, I think that's going to come against Utah in the second game of the season. But the good news is that rebuilt defensive front has actually held its own against BYU's offensive line. The defense as a whole has done a pretty good job, according to people I have talked to who have watched these scrimmages, and I think that's a positive sign. One other note is the running back position has taken a few hits here. Uh, Miles Davis does have an injury that's going to keep him out for a little bit. It's not considered to be a season-ending injury, according to people I have talked to, but you should not expect to see him against the University of Arizona I'd venture a guess you probably won't see him in the early part of the season, but he is a guy that was being really lauded for what he had done in training camp to this point. He got injured last week in practice, and that's kind of how things go, but it's not considered to be a season-ending injury, and that's a positive sign. The good news is BYU is very deep at running back. You're obviously going to have Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa as your lead guys, but you have Jackson McChesney there. You also have a guy like Hinkley Ropati who are expecting to take on a bigger role with Miles Davis kind of getting out of the way for the next little bit. And also, Sione Finau, whenever he is cleared to rejoin this team, he has proven to be a very capable option at running back for BYU. So I would not be concerned about Miles Davis being a critical loss here for the Cougars, but it is something to pay attention to because I know that come game one, a lot of fans on Twitter, where's Miles Davis? Well, those of you who listen to this podcast, I am as I am fond of saying, I like to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room, and you guys listening to this will know exactly what's going on. Now, a couple other notes uh, from Aaron Roderick. The big question, obviously, is about the quarterback battle. Where do things stand? Has he made a decision? 
Well, he kind of laid out what he took away from the scrimmage and where they're moving forward here. Here's what he had to say. You know, we've been going equal reps uh, all the way up to today and I'm getting close now to being ready to just, you know, divvy up those reps a little more to give the starter, whoever's going to start the first game, give him a little more. So we'll start getting to that real soon. It might be, might be as early as Monday. It would be Wednesday at the latest that we get to that. We're going to go watch this film. We're going to talk about it as a staff. And I think it's, it's becoming pretty clear. And I, if you went and asked the players right now, they could probably tell you they've battled hard and they've all gotten better, but that picture is starting to clear up for us. Allow me to insert here that Jaron Hall is expected to be your quarterback one against the University of Arizona. It's anybody's guess as to how long he will be quarterback one if his health permits. I think that if he makes it through a season healthy, great. BYU will take that. Obviously, continuity at that position is absolutely phenomenal, but I fully expect that whenever BYU reveals who their starting quarterback is, and it's my guess that you will finally find out maybe the week of the game against Arizona, maybe as late as what, the first play of the game when quarterback one runs out there with BYU's offense, that's when you will see Jaron Hall, number three himself, as BYU's starting quarterback. He has separated himself multiple times during this fall camp period, but that's not to say that he's not absolutely been pushed to the limit by Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover. It has been a true three-way battle. All three of them have had their moments, but Jaron Hall, according to people I have talked to, has been the most consistent player and has separated himself at this point, and it appears that he will be the guy for BYU against Arizona. Now, the final note from Aaron Roderick's media session I wanted to touch on today was he was asked the question about, are you comfortable with where your offense is at? And it kind of came off of that first response we talked about where he said the defense got the better of the offense early on. Well, here's what A-Rod had to say about where his offense stands right now. It was under two weeks to go for that season opener. I like where we're at. We're in good shape. We got a lot of work to do, though. We can't we can't take any uh, any days off at all. We, we got to keep progressing. We still have a lot of work to do, but I feel good about where we are. And I like our team. We've got some some good skill players. We got a good offensive line, and the quarterback position is is starting to become more clear. And so I really like this team a lot. I think very optimistic. We just got to keep our edge, though. You know, we got to keep working and keep keep getting better every day. Practices next week are, are huge. We got to keep progressing. Can't take us step back on Monday. Keep that edge, folks. It's a recurring theme with Aaron Roderick and this offensive coaching staff, but the good news is they're pretty confident where their team is at at this point, and that should lead you to have confidence as a BYU fan getting ready for that game against the University of Arizona coming up a week from Saturday. We'll continue to have conversations like this throughout the week for you guys, some exclusive one-on-ones as well. I've got a conversation that I taped late last week with BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk that we'll get to hopefully tomorrow, maybe as late as Wednesday, but nonetheless, a great conversation with him about where the offensive line stands. We'll get to all of that in a future edition of Locked On Cougars. Coming up next, though, we look at the 2013 season for BYU. Taysom Hill becomes BYU's starting quarterback. How did things go? A lot of promise, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. We'll dig into all of that in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. And folks, any of you that have been in a stressful situation know how embarrassing it is when you pit out and you're just sweating through your shirt. We've all been there. Whether it was a big first date that you're super excited for, an incredibly massive presentation at work, it is as embarrassing as anything out there. That is where Sweatblock wants to come in and take care of you guys. Sweatblock is a prescription strength antiperspirant that lasts up to seven days. I recently received a box to try out sweat blocking, folks. I got to tell you what, it works incredibly well. 
Any of you who have perspiration issues, I would encourage you guys to give this a shot. It's stronger and more effective than any other clinical antiperspirant. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash it off, and go about your day without worrying about sweating. It's absolutely guaranteed. They have a dry shirt guarantee. If you do uh, have an issue, sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by actual firefighters who were walking into a burning building and it worked. It's a bestseller on Amazon and has been so for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews on that platform alone. And it's also manufactured right here at home in the USA. If you or someone you love is dealing with any of these types of situations, you should check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code Locked On. Once again, 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, or go to Amazon, or it's also on shelves at your local CVS. That's Sweatblock, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at First Colony Mortgage. BYU fans, you're obviously familiar with the national championship team in 1984, but did you know there's another championship that championship team, excuse me, that was formed in 1984 in Utah County as well? Yes, of course, that is our friends over at First Colony Mortgage. First Colony Mortgage is your full-service mortgage lender, beginning from, meaning from beginning to end, everything is taken care of in-house by the First Colony team. There's not a lot of this having to go to one place for answers here, another place for answers there. It's all taken care of by First Colony. Zach Hicken is our loan officer at First Colony for the Locked On Cougars podcast. Any financing needs you have for your home, Zach is there to take care of you guys. Whether you're looking to get into your first or a new home, capitalize on your home's equity, excuse me, with a cash out refinance, or you just want to take advantage of low rates, Zach is there to walk you through every step of the loan process. You can contact Zach directly at 801-380-0752. Once again, 801-380-0752, or check him out online at hickenhomeloans.com. Hicken is spelled H-I-C-K-E-N, hickenhomeloans.com. Make sure to mention that you heard us here on Locked On Cougars. Mention him when you reach out, and he'd be happy to help you guys with anything you need. That's Zach Hicken, NMLS 205-2216. First Colony Mortgage, NMLS 3112. First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender. And of course, First Colony Mortgage is a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. Continuing on now with the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, what we have been doing for the better part of four and a half months now is we've looked back at every season played by the BYU football program up through the modern day. There have been 100 of them. It was a nice, easy countdown to get us to the upcoming season. It's incredibly close, folks. And today we talk about 2013 in the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. This was a season, folks, that I thought had a ton of promise to it. And it began, obviously, with the return of Robert Anai as BYU's offensive coordinator. The offensive issues, if you listen to Friday's podcast in 2012, well, Bronco Mendenhall was less than satisfied with things, and he actually announced that all of the offensive staff had been released from their positions, were asked to reapply, essentially. It was the weirdest thing. He could not announce that they were fired. He said they could reapply for their jobs, and a guy like Brandon Doman ultimately moved on and has not coached in college since. I have talked to Brandon. He says that he misses coaching, but at the same time, he's enjoying what he is doing, spending time with his family and kids. But still, one of those crazy situations, kind of a surreal moment when you heard it happened, but it heralded the return, or I guess not heralded, but it brought about the return of Robert Anai, who Bronco Mendenhall called one of his most loyal assistants he has ever had as a head coach. 
He comes back from the University of Arizona as BYU's offensive coordinator. Comes back with a little different offensive philosophy than he had in the past. This was the, quote, go hard, go fast offense. He wanted slimmer offensive linemen. They wanted to run the read option, all that stuff. And you had a tailor-made quarterback for that type of system, you thought, and a guy like Taysom Hill. One of the best athletes, and I mean that sincerely, one of the best athletes in BYU football history. Well, things did not start obviously great because BYU went to Virginia to face off against the Cavaliers in an absolute downpour. They lost that game 19-16. to It was a close game. BYU had their chance to win it, but many of you might recall the pass slipping through Jamal Williams' hand late in that game that might have scored a touchdown and given BYU a victory. So they started out 0-1. The following week, rain marred another game. I was actually in attendance at this game. I walked out uh, to sit in some seats with my younger brother. Uh, Funny enough, this was actually my first full year as an official media member covering the Cougars, but this game I was not covering it officially. So I went to the game. My brother and I walked out, uh, saw the clouds were just rolling in, and we said, nope, we're not dealing with this because we could see that rain was coming, and many of you will recall the absolute downpour that delayed this game for a few hours. Well, BYU weathered that weather delay. Nice pun there, Jake. And then they ended up rolling Texas 40 to 21. Many of you will recall Taysom Hill just running wild on the Longhorns. Manny Diaz fired shortly after this game by the University of Texas. Funny enough, uh, Taysom Hill apparently loved playing the University of Texas at Austin. There's no doubt about that. We'll talk about another epic performance down in Austin in a future episode. So BYU evens the record at 1-1, one and one, and then a frustrating loss against Utah in Provo, losing 20-13. to 13. They tried to rally late, but just could not find the answer, continuing what ultimately would become a nine-game losing streak that they are still trying to end today. They bounce back the following week, smashing Middle Tennessee State 37-10. to 10. Then things get rolling a little bit for the Cougars after that 1-2 and two start. They beat Utah State 31-14, to 14, beat Georgia Tech 38-20, to 20, go to Houston, and one of Taysom Hill's finest performances as a true dual-threat quarterback, they outlast the Houston Cougars 47-46, and then finish off their win streak with a 37-20 victory over Boise State. So, suddenly, BYU is sitting at 6-2 on the season, entering at November. They had a bye week between Boise State and the road game coming up at Wisconsin. I went to this game in Wisconsin. I needed to see Camp Randall Stadium. I am above all a college football fan, a college football history junkie, and seeing a stadium like Camp Randall has always been on my bucket list, and I traveled to this game. Plenty cold, I can assure you of that. I was bundled up, but experiencing jump around there at Camp Randall was absolutely phenomenal. BYU struggled, though, losing 27-17, dropping them to 6-3 and on the season. The following week, their annual FCS game, they take on Idaho State and smash the Bengals 59-13. Then they make another road trip back east, going to Notre Dame. And this game, many of you will recall, was played in a, was like a blizzard almost. It was just a bad weather. I've talked to people who went to this game and said they have never been more miserable in their life. Humidity, cold, snow... Just makes things absolutely miserable, and BYU was miserable that day on the field, losing 23-13. to Then they finished up the regular season at Nevada, taking on the Wolfpack, and snuck out a 28-23 to victory, bringing their overall record in the regular season to 8-4. and Now, that earned them an invite to the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl, where they were scheduled to face off against the Washington Huskies. The Washington Huskies, once again, were in uh, it's a little bit of an upheaval. Marcus Tuiasasopo was the interim head coach for this bowl game. 
Steve Sarkeesian had been the head coach of the Huskies, but had been hired shortly before this game as the new head coach at USC, leaving the former signal caller for the Huskies, Tuya Sopo, as their interim head coach in this game. But he actually had a very good game as a head coach as Washington won the game 31-16. to BYU struggled in this game, folks. It started off fine enough, though. Taysom Hill getting a touchdown early on in, in the second quarter. John Ross then returned a 100-yard kickoff return, if you guys re- will recall that, an electric kick return, kind of heralding what he could do on the football field. BYU added three other field goals that capped their scoring at 16, all in the first half, but the second half belonged to the Huskies. Austin Safarian Jenkins had a 16-yard touchdown a reception. Bishop Sankey, an 11-yard touchdown run. And Washington beats BYU 31-16, to giving BYU for the second straight year an 8-5 victory. I remember the debate about this uh, after the season concluded, saying, well, where was the go-fast, go-hard offense? Well, BYU did go fast and go hard, by and large, but it was a lot of feast or famine games. You can think of that Texas game where Taysom Hill just ran roughshod over Texas. You can think of the Houston game where he was at the peak of his powers, it felt like, going out there and winning that game 47-46. to But other times, BYU's offense just sputtered. Uh, Three and outs were very quick, leaving BYU's defense on the field for extended periods of time. I think it was most evident in that game against Washington. So, as such, BYU is 8-5 for the second straight year. And then going into 2014, how are things going to go for the Cougars? Well, we'll talk about it. We'll also talk about a major injury to Taysom Hill, one of the many that happened during his career as a BYU Cougar. But we'll dig into all of that ahead on tomorrow's podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, though, we'll look at everything else in BYU sports you guys need to know after a weekend involving BYU women's soccer, making their first road trip. We'll touch on all of that in a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars in the world, folks. Nine delicious flavors out there, but a lot of limited time flavors. If you've not ordered the pistachio flavor, it's one of their new ones. I would encourage you to get on it. It's only out there for a limited time. You go to Built.com, you can place that order and give it a shot. I recently placed my order for it to give it a shot, and I am super excited to have it show up in my house, hopefully as soon as today. I am looking forward to giving it a review, and I'll let you know what I think of it once I try it. But the best part about Built Bars is they're tasty. Covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, they taste like a candy bar, but more importantly, guys, they're healthy for you guys. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein in every bar, calorie ranges from 130 to just 180 calories, absolutely phenomenal there. 4 to 5 grams of sugar overall and 4 to 5 grams in net carbs. The macros are just absolutely phenomenal and they're just a delicious treat. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, well, Built Built Bar is there for you guys. When you get to Built.com, please use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Save some money, try them out, and make sure that you really are enjoying the best tasting protein bars in the world at a discounted rate. Locked15 at Built.com, once again, is the promo code. Give it a shot. Let us know what you guys think. But get enjoying the best tasting protein bars and do it with Built Bar. You all know it's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning towards football as teams are back on the field, both in college and in the NFL, to start the upcoming football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL mega contest and also the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now with our friends at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On when you get there. Yes, they want to reward you guys for giving them a shot. It's a welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On. Also, be sure to take care of, take advantage, excuse me, 
of their opening day super promo. All you do is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager gets refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, golf, all the way to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the upcoming 2021 season. That's Bet Online, promo code locked on. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we go here on a Monday edition of the podcast, let's catch you up as Cougar fans on everything you need to know from a weekend that was in BYU sports. Let's start off with the women's soccer program. They tied their season record at 1-1 one one after a 2-1 loss at Auburn on Saturday night. I'm not going to lie, soccer is a very cruel sport. Any of you who have watched it, BYU outshot the Tigers 18-15, held the majority of possession in the game, but Auburn capitalizes on two critical chances, and they get the victory 2-1. to one. Abby Cotter scored BYU's lone goal in the first half shortly after Auburn had gotten their first goal. Uh, BYU had a number of actually really good chances early on in the game, but Auburn held on for that victory. Anna Haddock uh, had the brace to lead Auburn to the victory. As I mentioned, BYU now one-on-one early on in the season, the first weekend playing in the 2021 campaign. They return to Southfield this Thursday as they host number 14 USC. BYU ranked number 15. That'll probably change at some point today when the rankings come out. We'll update you guys on those tomorrow. But BYU and USC scheduled to play Thursday night, 8 o'clock Mountain Time, broadcast on BYU TV and also radio coverage on the BYU Sports Network. Looking forward to that big matchup. We know how good BYU is at home. Hopefully they'll be able to bounce back from this vic- from this loss to Auburn with a victory over the Trojans. Also some good news on the awards front for BYU Women's Soccer. Congratulations to both Michaela Coulihan as well as senior forward Cameron Tucker. They have been named to the 2021 Mac Herman Trophy Award watch list that was announced late last week by the United Soccer Coaches and the Missouri Athletic Club. Since 1988, the Mac Herman Trophy has been awarded to the top collegiate men and women soccer players in the nation. Think of it this way in a college football sense. This is the Heisman Trophy for men's and women's soccer. Both Cameron Tucker and Michaela Coulihan are BYU's top players. Been absolute legends for BYU for the better part of three seasons. And best of luck to both of them as they try and chase it down. Michaela Coulihan has been on this award watch list for the past three years. Hopefully, she gets some more attention this year, and she's off to a very, very good start. She had a brace in that win over Ohio State on Thursday, last Thursday night. Now, final note for you guys today. We'll get to, by the way, the NFL stuff. I haven't had a chance to really compile all the stats from former Cougars and the pros from week two of the NFL preseason. We will get to that hopefully tomorrow, maybe Wednesday on the show as we kind of look ahead to the final week of NFL preseason, but bear with me on that. I'll compile that at some point today or tomorrow and have more for you on that front. But some good news in the transfer portal front for BYU football comes by way of Hunter Hill, the former Orem High School standout. He has announced, or he is actually enrolled at BYU and will be a part of the BYU football program as an offensive lineman. A very highly thought of athlete at Orem High School. His dad, Jeremy Hill, was the coach for the Tigers during his time playing there. A three- or four-star prospect, depending on which recruiting service you prefer to use. Very, very good player, and I think Hunter Hill coming down from Utah State where he played his first two seasons in college. This is a great pickup for BYU. You still got to replace a lot of talent along that offensive line. You're going to lose some guys this year, most notably 
Uh, James Empey is expected to finish up his career this season for BYU. I think Hunter Hill is a great find for BYU when it comes to the transfer portal. So there you go. Good to have uh, number 72. I don't know what number he'll wear at BYU, but Hunter Hill was famous for that number 72 that he wore at Orem High. And it continues a pretty impressive pipeline of Tigers to Cougars in terms of Orem to uh, BYU. Guys like Jacob Robinson also transferred from Utah State to BYU. Puka Nakua also played at Orem High School, coming to BYU from Washington. Maybe going forward, they just won't go to another college before joining BYU. They'll just enroll at BYU in the beginning. So there you go. Everything you guys need to know before we go here, and that is going to do it. A big thank you once again for your guys' support of the podcast. As always, it's an absolute blast to be with you guys every single day talking all things BYU sports. Please be sure to join us every day this week as we get you ready for the upcoming football season. We continue with the 100 seasons of BYU football and a whole lot more. But until then, have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 23rd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you.